Hi, my name's Madalena Kay, and I'm the host of the podcast AI and You, produced by Europod in partnership with Podium Podcast, Agence France Press, and Cora Media. In AI and You, we deal with the history of AI and how it is having an impact on our lives. From social relationships to employment, from climate change to wars and security. Is AI changing our world for the better or the worse? Come and check it out for yourself. Subscribe to AI and You wherever you listen to podcasts. So most of the schools are missing teachers and still there are no young teachers in most of the schools. In Hungary, it's like an aging job. Most of the people who are doing it are getting older and older. And be a young teacher is a questionable position. Like everyone asks you, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? Over the past months, teachers in Hungary have been on strike, protesting against the public education system, which, as they say, risks collapse. What teachers in Hungary complain about is low pay and deteriorating working conditions. The number of working hours for Hungarian teachers is very high, while their salaries are among the lowest in the EU. Staff shortage is also an escalating problem in the country. According to the National Teachers Trade Union, if nothing improves, 22,000 teachers will leave the public education system over the next five years. Only 7% of educators are under the age of 30. Today, on Europe Talks Back, the protest of teachers in Hungary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. We'll be right back. I'm Monica Ambrush. I'm from Hungary. I'm 49, I can tell you. And I've been a teacher for more than 30 years. Monica started teaching very young. For some years, she took service in a state school. Then she went into the private sector and became a freelancer. Because, she says, that was the only way to be a teacher and be able to make ends meet. Life is becoming harder and harder for teachers because teachers are really underpaid in Hungary. But that's not a new thing. It started not last year or two years ago. Monika is one of the two people we will meet during this episode to understand what is going on with the public educational system in Hungary. This is what Monika thinks of the condition of teachers in the country. Being underpaid, having to work too much, and also the number of lessons you have to teach every week is instantly growing and growing. It's 26 something. So they don't really take into consideration the prep time, the extracurriculars, the extra time you spend with your students, parents to aid them and also just to keep up with the changes and to learn how to use Zoom or these modern things. So uh, teachers are really overwhelmed, overloaded, overstretched. 
but not only in Hungary. Not only in Hungary, but compared to other countries, we get as a salary uh, even less money. An elementary school teacher under the age of 30 earns around 170,000 Hungarian forints, that is 460 euros per month. The salary of a secondary school teacher is around 645 euros per month. The top wage is little more than 1,000 euros per month. That's the real problem. If you are a teacher at the beginning of your career in Hungary and you are not married, your salary will be only enough to pay for the rent of your flat. So I know friends who share a flat with other young people because they cannot make ends meet without sharing a, a flat or an apartment with friends or people that they know. So I think that's a tragedy. Among the critical issues, Monica also mentions decentralization of the curriculum in Hungary. And also in Hungary at the moment, you cannot really choose the books, the course books you are teaching from. There are some choices, but really it's getting more and more prescribed, so to speak. So your choices are getting smaller and smaller. But there are not only state schools, there are a lot of like the Waldorf is also uh, flourishing in Hungary and uh, also other types of alternative schools. And they also have some funds from the state. So um, I'm still saying that if you are a parent who wants to have a different education for the kids, or if you are a teacher who wants to do the way they want to teach, you have a choice. But that's definitely not in state schools anymore. On March 16, 2022, Hungary's two main teachers' unions went on strike for more than two weeks, demanding better salaries, more staff, reduction in workload, and better working conditions. The strike followed months of failed negotiations with the government led by Viktor Orban, open letters, warnings, and actions of civil disobedience by teachers' trade unions. And possibly more strikes are in preparation in the next weeks for the start of the new academic year. We talked with Sara Ungvari, who works in a school in Budapest. She helped the trade unions organizing the protests during the past months and raising awareness around the issue. But before hearing what they did and how they did it, this is Sara's perception of being a teacher in Hungary today, especially for the younger generations. When I decided that I would like to be a teacher, I think none of the people around me accepted it because they said that, why the hell do you want to be a teacher? It's not a respected job here. It's not well paid. And basically, the borders of your career are closing down and becoming narrower and narrower. So yeah, you have to see that 6,000 people are graduating each year to be a teacher. And here I include like, uh, I don't know, kindergarten teachers, nursery teachers, school teachers, special education teachers, and only 2,000 of them start to work. And most of them even leave it during certain parts of their working period. So most of the schools are missing teachers and still there are no young teachers in most of the schools. In Hungary, it's like an aging job. Most of the people who are doing it are getting older and older. So, for example, in 10 years, I think there will be a huge problem from it. And be a young teacher is a questionable position. Like everyone asks you, why are you doing it? Why are you doing it? 
the shortage of stuff concerns any grade of education, elementary schools, high schools, kindergarten, nursery, and special education. There are basic needs that aren't fulfilled and there are professional needs that aren't fulfilled. The basic needs are the salary, the area you're working at, the buildings, the supplies of the schools are just missing sometimes. And also there is this other kind of problem that the bureaucracy that is upon teachers is really heavy. So for me as a beginner, I already felt like the first weeks of me teaching was happening under a heavy amount of bureaucratic issues that I had to solve. And teachers who are working in the system have to go through a certain kind of bureaucratic system that is uh, really heavy for them. As Monica, also Sara complains about the government curriculum and the little autonomy of school and teachers. And also, if you see, the professional side is, is really troubling. In Hungary, we have this kind of national basic curriculum. Also, I can only talk about literature here. The idea of literature that this national basic curriculum shows is really old and really a rightish nationalist idea of Hungary. And it tries to evoke the Hungarianish feelings of young people, but it's not really engaging for them. Also, there is no school autonomy. So you cannot choose the book you teach from. You cannot choose what are you going to teach. You cannot choose how you want to teach that. So everything is over-regulated at this point. The first teacher's protest, Sarah recalls, dates back 2016. The revolt began last week when teachers in a town in the northeast refused to teach with the new books and curriculum and demanded a return to local autonomy. It was a huge anti-government rally, demanding to stop the centralization of education, more curriculum choice for schools, better conditions for teachers and better wages. It was a strike going throughout the country and I was yet a student. And I remember the point that I organized protests in my place where I was living at the time. And then I decided that I'm going to become a teacher. And I believe that in six years, things will change. And it did not. So protests and complaints for the bad working conditions of teachers are not something new in Hungary. And Sara has been following it since she was a student. But during the pandemic, she got in contact with teachers' trade unions. At that point, negotiations between those groups and the government to fix the situation revealed themselves as unsuccessful. So a new season of protests began. The first one took place in October 2021. And then another protest took place at the end of January 2022, when around 20,000 teachers held a two-hour stoppage from 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. It was a warning strike, but the government's response was harsh. And then as soon as it started, the government launched a new rule that the right of teachers to strike is being changed harshly. Basically, it was narrowed that um, even if you strike, you have to go to the schools and you have to teach. And the whole point of doing a strike was missing them. And that was the point when the trade unions came out with the idea that civil disobedience should be the only way to go. And different schools were standing up. Each day there were, I think, two free schools who were launching severe disobedience. So teachers didn't go in, but they were outside the building. And um, 
Yeah, so this was the only choice, I guess. While the Court of Appeal had ruled the strike illegal, in July 2022, the Supreme Court of the country ruled that the warning strike was legal. After January 2022, the government improved a little increase of teachers' salaries. But as the wages were extremely low, that was not enough to improve the situation. What unions obtained was a collection of broken promises. So, on March 16, 2022, they decided to call an indefinite teacher strike. And that was the point where each and every group who participated in organizing showed themselves and came out that, yes, we are standing with this. Yes, we are together in this. And it was a big moment for the whole thing. And everyone felt that now, I mean, this protest had like, I don't know, 10,000, 20,000. I'm really bad with these numbers, but I think 20,000 people were there. And they stood up together and in front of the parliament. And everyone was really enthusiastic that now something will come. And did not. It, nothing happened. We were together with different areas of the Hungarian, I don't know, the different parts of the, the Hungarian society came together. There were workers from different unions and they were standing up together. And this is kind of touching that people who are working with the, I don't know, Hungarian um, trains uh, are coming there and people who are working in different fields are standing up and we are all saying together that, yes, we should change the education system because it's bleeding from many different parts. So, yeah, I think that was the biggest moment for me that I had a speech and at the end people were going away and I was going to the subway or something and people were coming to me and saying that, yes, you are young and you should come and teach. And uh, the whole atmosphere of belonging, it was really nice. And mm -hmm. we, we really felt like that something will happen and we really felt like we were sure that the government should hear this even though that the protests previously were unsuccessful. Then the national political election came. And it was yet again a landslide victory for the Prime Minister Viktor Orban. In Hungary, Nationalist Prime Minister Viktor Orban has won a large majority in Sunday's parliamentary election. That means he will serve a fourth consecutive term in office, his fifth overall. What happened to the teachers' movement after the election result? Now we came to a point where if nothing changes, this whole system will fail and we cannot really help it. And I'm not really sure that we are saying that it will collapse, but I'm kind of feeling like that it had already collapsed and we are just standing on its trash. Sarah says that other protests and strikes will probably take place from September this year onwards. Erzsé Batnagy, who is the leader of the Teachers' Democratic Union, She was uh, saying that we should now just um, pause or now we should just stop for, for a while and then start again. You have mm -hmm. to see that the school winning exams in schools are at the end of the year. So it was a big trouble for most of the teachers. They can be blackmailed through their students that uh, these students have to have great school winning exams. But if they do the strike in uh, May or June, then the school even exams will be worse. So this is what why they just decided to stop. 
and then start back from autumn. And until that, there were negotiations with the government this summer, but these negotiations didn't really come out great. Actually, there were no results to share, no results to talk about. Meanwhile, the Hungarian government said they will implement a pay rise for teachers if they manage to get the necessary funds from the European Union. For Sarah, this sounds like an old story. In Hungary, the government do this to send it kind of discourse about the European Union. So when they're in the country, they are blaming everything on the European Union. And at the same time, when they are talking to outside, they are asking for more, more and more money from the European Union. So this discourse is pretty two-sided because I feel like that since I was raised in the urban era, I was growing up and I was politically evolved in this urban era. And I feel like that there are less and less points of standing up because nothing ever happens at the end. Nothing ever changes at the end. So this is why at this point, I feel like that the European Union, maybe if they did something about it or they started discourse about it internationally, it would help our cause. We'll be right back. Viktoria Zerdult is a Hungarian journalist who works for the Economic Daily, HVG.hu. That's HVG.hu. Covering social affairs, education and the relationship between the country and the European Union. We brought Victoria in to zoom out from the stories we collected on the ground and try to understand the bigger picture. So... This is me speaking to Victoria Zerdult. Welcome, Victoria, and thanks for being with us on Europe Talks Back today. Hello, it's really nice being here and thanks for the invite. First question is for you. Can you help us understand what teachers in Hungary are calling for? Uh, that's a very easy question. They're calling for better working conditions and better wages. Like What you have to know is that in Hungary, the situation in, of teachers has never been easy. And uh, if you look at EU statistics... Uh, teachers in Hungary have the lowest wages in the EU. Uh, that means that especially teachers who are just starting their career, uh, like let me give you an example, like a teacher who has just got out of university uh, earns around 170,000 forints. That should be equal to 470 euros a month. That's basically nothing. In Hungary, you don't have to earn 2,000 euros to earn a decent living, but uh, 470, that's basically enough to pay your rents and, and your common costs. And the other thing is, is that teachers, Hungarian teachers also are in a very difficult position when it comes to teaching because they have to teach at least 30 or 40 lessons a week. So they're also protesting to have fewer lessons to teach. And, and also we don't really have teaching assistants as in many other countries. So many teachers also have to do the administration. They have to go home and then go in the school at 8 a.m. and then leave home at 3 a.m. But then that's the other thing is that when they go home, they have to do the administration. They have to prepare for all the classes the next day and do the exams. Sometimes they even have to clean the classrooms because schools don't have the money to pay cleaning staff. So can you help us trace a bit the history of this protest movement? Because, you know, the condition of workers, of teachers in Hungary, you say, has not been amazing since ever, it feels like. But, you know, then why it erupted in this moment? Well, I don't know whether we can talk about an eruption. Uh, like, of course, 
Some civil disobedience or minor strikes have always been visible. But I think that at this time, Hungarian teachers have really reached a tipping point. And one of the reasons for that is that there's been a huge increase in wages for um, healthcare workers and doctors, which is fantastic. And that's something that the government should have done a long time ago. But they also promised the teachers that they're going to do something about their wages as well. And that never happened. Now, they did get a 10% increase in January. But as you see, when you earn, I don't know, 500 euros a month, then 10% is not enough to cover all, all the costs. And they were getting these promises that they're going to do something to improve their conditions, but that never happened. So I think that was the tipping point. So what happened after that? In January, they had a warning strike of, of two hours. So that's basically many teachers joined, but that was just to show the government that they are really fed up. That was before the elections. The strike was in January and the elections were held in, in April. So that, that was basically a campaign. And what the Hungarian government has been doing in the last few years is that since COVID, they introduced a decree saying that the government can issue decrees without the parliament. What the Hungarian government did is that after this warning strike of teachers, they uh, issued a decree saying that teachers want to strike, they can do it, but they still have to keep the schools running. Effectively, they took the possibility of strike from teachers. So how did this change the protest then? Teachers were like, as I said, really fed up. So they started a civil disobedience, which is not a strike. It's a civil disobedience. So some teachers simply refused to teach. So it's not like a, a huge general strike, but that's what's going on in, in the last few months. You don't really see big protests on the streets of Hungary. And that's another important thing is that Hungarians are not the kind of uh, people who like to protest. Why is that, in your opinion, that Hungarians are not so used to, to protest? Where does it come from, in your opinion? That's a very good question, and I've been trying to solve that uh, for a long time now. I think it has to do something with uh, socialism, 50 years of socialism, when people were not really allowed to go out on the streets. And uh, that sort of continued after the 90s, after the change of regime. And also it's just a way of uh, life for Hungarians. It's uh, Hungarians are a passive nation, at least in my opinion. And when you look at some of the protests in the Czech Republic or, the, or Slovakia, there are always bigger and always uh, fiercer protests there. But in Budapest, the last big protest that we had was in 2014. So, Victoria, who are the main actors involved in this protest? I couldn't name you like this main actor, teacher who stands out uh, on the street and gives speeches. It's minor individual teachers and schools, which is also important. So sometimes uh, individual schools are organizing these civil disobediences. And of course, these schools are mainly in Budapest because in the countryside, people are even less prone to protest, but you wouldn't have a main person behind. That's kind of astonishing to me. I mean, um, that uh, you don't have any intermediate organization who would pick this up somehow and, and lead the protest and, you know, and organize the whole thing a bit better. It's, uh, it's puzzling, isn't it? Yeah, come to think of it. Yes, it's puzzling. Of course, we have teachers unions. And if there's a strike, they are the ones who are organizing the strike, which is like you have unions in every country. Teachers unions in Hungary are quite active, but they don't really have much power. So what they can do is that help with the organization. But then at the end, it's always down to the individual schools and the individual teachers, whether they, they join. And if enough teachers join, then the strike hits a mark. 
has this protest movement impacted the government in any way? And if yes, how, in your opinion? Well, as you can see, uh, the government is trying to do everything to put these strikes or civil disobediences to a, to a halt. So this decree shows that they really are afraid of bigger general strikes. But of course, they did win the elections big in April. So you could say that there was basically no effect, but I don't think that's the case. Because the other thing is that the European Commission is also looking into what's happening in Hungary. The European Commission is asking Hungary to increase the wages of teachers because like, this is a very sad situation compared to the other EU countries. And now I think the Hungarian government is ready to give in and they're going to va- raise the wages with the help of EU money. That's a big, big step. Victoria, how do you see the future of this process? Uh, I'm an optimistic person. So even though uh, you can't see any any big actors with teaching, teacher strikes or you can't see any big protests, I think that if the teachers keep this up, I'm certain that they're going to have more strikes coming up, even with the decree in September, because this cannot go on like this forever. So if they keep the pressure, the government will eventually try and at least solve the problem because with the inflation, with the war in the neighboring country, the dissatisfaction of people is growing. So the government cannot really have more people being dissatisfied. So I think they're going to find a solution, even with the help of EU money. But if, if teachers keep this pressure up, something's eventually going to change. Thanks for this interview, Vitoria. It was really interesting and it helped us a lot understanding better the protest movement in Hungary and to some extent also the country itself. It was very glad talking to you and hope to see you soon. We'll be right back. You can follow Victoria's work and writing through Twitter at Victoria Gerdult. That's V-I-K-T-O-R-I-A-S-E-R-D-U-L-T. And this is it for this week's episode of Europe Talks Back. The producer of Europe Talks Back is Antoine Lheureux. Sound design is by Jeremy Bouquet. Editorial background research for this episode by Eva Perl. Arrangement of interviews by Claudio Torrisi. Script writing by Claudio Torrisi. Editing and mixing is by Jeremy Bouquet and Thomas Kusberg. Promotion and marketing by Katrin Skapadas. My name is Alexander Damiano Ricci. We'll be back next Thursday.